listening to the house of mercy on the water's edge was a man who met the savior so the gospel said waiting there he was with the lepers and the lame till an angel it was told down from heaven came folks tuned in from all around near and far just to listen to house of mercy waiting for the waters to stir we're just listening to the house of mercy waiting for the waters to stir. We should resist the temptation to treat the ongoing epidemic as something that has a deeper meaning the cruel but just punishment of humanity for the ruthless exploitation of other forms of life on Earth. From Pandemic COVID-19 Strikes the World by Zizek Hey, how's everyone doing? I think it's a hard slog through these days in varying degrees, but I'm glad you're listening. Um, yeah, glad uh, all of you are out there. and uh... Yeah, it's good to know you're there, and I hope you're doing well. Hey, Russell, did you uh, have your first pandemic book study this week? Oh, yes, we did. It was, uh, it was fantastic. Uh, it was so good to just uh, be talking to other people, great people from the community, and... Uh, see them on the zoom even though you know i guess at first i was like kind of like an anti-zoomer but uh, it's like the only choice we got and it sure is worth it to just see folks and talk to people about important ideas of people uh, yeah so it's good to kind of process this whole uh pandemic thing in a real kind of house of mercy way you know biblically philosophically uh, conversationally so you know you can still uh, join us we have three weeks left we're reading the book and talking about the book uh, pandemic covid19 shakes the world by slova zizek uh, which he wrote it came out i think like march or april he wrote it during the pandemic and uh, it's good you can get the book uh, and even if you haven't got the book or read it you can join us for the conversation and that's a uh, tuesday at 7 p.m and uh, all the Zoom credentials and whatever, um, you can get in the, uh, in the newsletter, uh, which uh, will be coming out today. And uh, if you don't get the newsletter, just go to the webpage and sign up for it. All right. That's Tuesdays at 7. Tuesdays at 7. That's right. All right. Sounds good. Oh. And, you, and then you had an Advent podcast yeah, first we, week uh, we yeah. asked people uh, in the community, two ref- writers and musicians, to reflect on waiting for the world to begin again, uh, which we're all looking forward to. 
So that's that's Thursdays during Advent, right? Uh, yeah, that comes out roughly Thursdays. Roughly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, uh, I'm a, yeah. I'm a well, I'm a man of good intentions. Yes. And procrastination. But, uh, we're, yeah, roughly. We're aiming for Thursday. But the first one is um, up now, uh, week one, and uh, some great essays by Neil Bernards and uh, Nathan Roberts and a fantastic song by Je- Jeff Zupfer. Hey, I look forward to listening to it. Yeah. And I'm also really looking forward to the Christmas pageant on the 20th, the Zoom Christmas pageant. I am really excited, yeah. We're going to, yeah. anybody who wants to be involved can, uh, all you do, you, we're going to send out the script, you decide which character you want to be, you can be anyone you want, and we'll just follow the script. Also, you got to costumes, you got to dress up, um, yeah. I'm wearing mine right now. What are you wearing? Just to practice, I'm going to be the ass. Good. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of practice, some would say. No, I'm just uh what's so but no, it's uh it's all about uh it's gonna be good family fun. Yeah, good. We need some bright family fun. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's glo it's gloomy. It is gloomy. Yesterday we had some good sun and but now it's just gloomy and then the gloomiest thing is reading that newspaper every day. Yeah, I know. It's But I, uh, you know, as I was thinking about my sermon this week and uh, talking to the people in the pandemic book study group, I thought, you know what? There is real reason to hope. I mean, just like theologically, personally. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is like, I think this is why it's, uh, yeah, this is, I kind of like made me believe. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) I hope, uh, you know, occasionally it can do the same for you. Yeah, now, um, I mean, Advent is such an interesting time because it's both the darkest time of the year, and then, but it is looking forward to something hopeful. Yeah, it's really, it is kind of interesting, too, because it's like, it's not only looking forward to this rebirth, uh, this new uh, creation, embracing of the completeness of the... God coming into the world, but it's also kind of like looking back. It's uh, both ways. Anyway, Advent. Yeah. Hey, this is the House of Mercy, and welcome to it. Please join me in the prayer of invocation. God of mercy, some of us hope to see each other's faces six feet apart, dimly lit by fires, embodied, not digitized. But here we are, sound only, again. Help us as we find ways to continue to be community in these weird times. Help us know that you are present in the molecules that surround us in creation with us, one way or the other. Amen. May the peace of Christ be with you. Share a sign of peace. The first Noel the angel did say was to serve.
shepherds in fields as they lay in fields where they lay keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so join me in the prayers of community. I'll end each prayer or petition with God in your mercy. I invite you to respond. Hear our prayer. Emmanuel, God of mercy, we wait for your birth in the world, or at least that is what this season is purportedly about. I'm not sure what it means to remember this as we shop online this year, change our usual plans, spend more time in front of the computer than ever. But remind us to prepare your way. Help us to figure out what that means, or if not quite figure out, then maybe stagger in the right direction. Set our imaginations for the good and the beautiful and the merciful and justice and love free so we might begin to devise or envision a way, a road, a tiny little dirt path. God in your mercy. Gracious giver of life and love, make us gracious people. Free us to be. Free us from the fear that there's not enough to go around and a sense that we are in some sort of competition, a sense that in order to feel good about ourselves, we must feel better than others. And free us not to believe that there's just some small margin, some puny socially constructed definition of what is beautiful and worthwhile and significant. Free us to receive the broken beauty all around us, not to judge and protect and hoard and fear 
constrained by our limited perception, our inability to imagine the depth and breadth and inexhaustibility of your love and grace. God, in your mercy. God, of mercy, in this season of celebrations and sometimes holiday cheer, we pray for those for whom it is difficult and lonely. We pray for those who feel the loss of their husband or father or mother or sibling or child. May their pain and grief somehow be bounded by hope. God, in your mercy, We pray for those who are struggling with exhaustion and sickness and COVID. We pray for Lois Brownlee, for healing after her car accident, and for Susie's mom and Aunt Laura and Bob and Nancy Blue. We hope that life could get easier instead of harder. But if that's not possible, we pray for love and less pain. God, in your mercy, God of mercy, we are grateful to be able to pray or help us if we can't. Hear what it is we don't even have words for and can't possibly articulate but might desperately need as we pause for silence. May we know the love that pursues us, the mercy we live in, and the good news of great joy for all people. Amen. Today's reading is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed in camel hair, with a leather belt around his waist. And he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandal. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When the security guard finally spoke to him, Malcolm had been standing in the same spot outside Legoland in the mall for six hours. Not hanging around in the same spot or wandering around or killing time in that general area, he had been standing, standing in the same exact spot, not moving his feet, not frozen but stopped, barely readjusting his balance his right hand in his jacket pocket clutching his phone, 
his left hand in his jacket pocket, clutching an Apple gift card. Excuse me, sir, the 20-something guard said tentatively. Are you okay? Yes, Malcolm said. Do you need anything? No, thank you. Are you lost? It seemed an odd thing to ask someone of Malcolm's age, but the guard didn't really know what else to say. Do you know where you are? Yes, I'm at the mall outside of Legoland. What brings you to the mall today? Are you doing some Christmas shopping? I was. Have you finished? Uh, did you find what you were looking for? No. I stopped. This stopped the guard. He was trying to remember back to the one afternoon in training where they had talked about dealing with guests experiencing a mental health crisis. He was coming up empty. Keep them talking? Or was that for someone with a concussion? Um, he said, Would you like to go somewhere? Can I walk you somewhere? Can I walk you to your car? This was the training instructions for almost everything. Persuade the problem guest to leave the mall. No, I'm fine. Malcolm looked him in the eye and smiled to prove his point. Well, the guard said, one of the sales associates in Legoland said that you've been standing here for a very long time, for hours, and that it seemed to be making people nervous. I don't mean to make people nervous. May I ask you why you're standing here? I just stopped. I was on my way. I was going to the Apple store, and I stopped. Why did you stop? I was thinking, uh, and I stopped. May I ask what you were thinking about? Malcolm hesitated, not wanting to confirm what he was sure was the guard's suspicion. Um, I was thinking about... He hesitated again, realizing now how strange his behavior appeared. Not only appeared, how strange it actually was, and how much more strange he would seem if he told the security guard what he was actually thinking about, what had stopped him in front of Legoland. But his hesitation caused the guard to tense and swallow in a nervous tick kind of a way, and Malcolm realized the truth would be embarrassing, Maybe, but certainly less threatening than what he imagined the way too young for this job security guard was probably imagining he was thinking about. Malcolm made an apologetic half-smile. Repentance. Repentance. Yes, repentance. The guard, having been a regular church-goer until recently and an enthusiastic youth group attender before he started college, engaged Malcolm on the subject. Thinking about repentance in general or something specific? In general, I guess, or maybe specific. I was thinking about repentance and Christmas and about John the Baptist. Oh, John the Baptizer, the guard said, nodding to let the man know that he knew to show solidarity. He could not help taking this opportunity to put his years of Bible memorization to use. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. 
the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah. See, I'm sending a messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, to prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Yes, that, Malcolm replied. What does that have to do with Christmas? It's read during Advent in church. The guard thought clearly he and this man had gone to different churches. What about the baby Jesus and the donkey and stuff? Malcolm was trying to decide how much to say, whether or not to keep talking to this kid. Malcolm repeated the end of the verse the kid had quoted. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of the forgiveness of sin. The guard looks confused. It is read during Advent, Malcolm said, to encourage people to repent as a way to prepare for the coming of the Lord, of the baby Jesus. Oh, the guard said. That makes sense. In a way, Malcolm said, it makes sense culturally. I mean, as we move toward the winter solstice, where after that the days begin to lengthen and the light is literally coming into the world for a longer and longer time each day as the cycle of the seasons begin again and the calendar turns over to a new year, it makes sense for people to examine the past year and repent of their misdeeds, missteps and mistakes and bad habits, the ways they have slipped and to make some decisions or oath or promise or resolution to act differently in the coming year. I mean, culturally, that makes sense. Now the guard was wondering if he had taken the right tack talking to this man about religion. Yeah, the guard repeated. That makes sense. That makes sense, Malcolm began, only if you don't believe in God, you don't believe who Jesus said he was. Malcolm was getting a little animated now, glad to these things outside of his head and to talk to someone about them. He let go of the apple card in his pocket and took his left hand out to gesture. He flexed his hand and felt blood flowing into the tips of his fingers. You see that kind of repentance, the guard interrupted. My minister always said that repentance is, in the original Greek means like turning around and going the other direction. Yes, that kind of repentance, Malcolm confirmed. The guard kept going. My minister said that it's not enough to just tell God that you're sorry and admit what you've done. Anyone can do that. But true repentance is about doing things differently, changing. Have you ever done that, Malcolm asked? Yeah, sure, lots of times. I, I just, like a couple weeks ago, I, I prayed, I told Jesus I was sorry for not going to church and that I was going to start going again. Did you start going again? I went once but I'm going to start going more. I'm going to start doing more. I quit smoking. You repented of smoking? Yeah. And you quit? Yeah. Did you quit to prepare for... Did you quit smoking to prepare for the coming of the Lord? Did you quit for the baby Jesus? Well, I mean, not really. Do you think Jesus cares if you smoke? Yeah. I don't think Jesus wants me to smoke 
for health reasons. Well, good for you, but, I mean, that can't really be what repentance is. It can't be saying you're sorry and redoubling your efforts to be good. That can't be how we're supposed to prepare for the coming of the Lord. I mean, can it? It just seems so small. The guard felt a little worried. He didn't know exactly why. Was it because he'd spent so much time talking to this man and failed to get him to leave the mall and his bosses wouldn't like it? Or, or was it because he was feeling like maybe he'd gotten something wrong? Well, what do you think repenting to prepare for the coming of the Lord is? I don't know. You don't know? You just know that it's not about saying you're sorry and trying to be good? You just know that it's not what everyone else is, thinks it is? I don't know, but I think repentance has to be more like stopping. Like stopping in the mall? No, no, like stopping, not physically stopping, but that might help. Stopping, like stopping what you're doing or the way you're thinking. Like to stop trying to be better or thinking that you can make yourself into a different person by trying harder. Maybe stop thinking you need to be a different person when the baby Jesus comes. That you need to change who you are before Jesus gets here. Maybe it's like realizing something. Like realizing what? Like realizing Jesus is coming. The mercy is coming. The light is coming into the world to see you. Not a new or idealized version of you. But you, to be among us. To see us. To love us. And to give that love to us in a way that spills over into our lives, our relationships, the way we think about ourselves, our jobs, the whole world, each other, our neighbors. So what are we supposed to do? The guard asked. Maybe nothing. Recognize it. Receive it. Malcolm felt out of breath, but grateful. The guard felt confused, but not in an unpleasant way. Do you want me to leave? Malcolm asked. No, the guard said, looking around and looking back at Malcolm. We can stay here till close if we want to. This is God's table and all are welcome. On the night he was handed over to death, Jesus took bread and gave thanks for it and broke it and gave it to his disciples to eat saying take eat this is my body broken for you do this and remember me and after supper Jesus took the cup and gave the cup for all to drink saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and shed for all people for the forgiveness of sin do this and remember me. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the place. 
may you go and love one another more and more. Encourage the faint-hearted. May the God of mercy surround you. And may you go in peace. Amen.